Hello my lovelies, I hope you're having a lovely day. Welcome to a new episode of Truth News. Remember, I am neither Republican nor Democrat. I'm just tired of the bullshit that the media is writing about on a daily basis. And I'm sure you are too. Alright, before we get into our topic, the song of choice is called In the Navy by The Village People. And I figured this song was a great choice for today's topic that is called... Well, the title of this podcast is called Drag Queen in the Navy? Really? This has been in the news for the past few days. I mean, we've already learned from Dylan Mulvaney's Bud Light controversy that it should not have happened. And before we go into Dylan Mulvaney's situation, I want you to know that it doesn't matter if Dylan Mulvaney is a trans. It doesn't matter if Dylan Mulvaney sees himself. Well, now he's a female, I guess. Transition to female. What happens if Dylan Mulvaney became a dog? And was saying Dilma Vane was a dog and had 10 million viewers or likes or whatnot. Marketing companies are going to look for the influencer. And that's all it is. It's all about marketing at the end of the day. So always remember that. And they don't care if you're trans. They don't care if you identify yourself as a tree. They don't care. They care only about money. Just like voting. The Democrats care about the votes. Well, they all do. Both all parties care. But Democrats are a bit more vocal on they don't give a care about what your sexual orientation is or what you identify yourself as or your beliefs or if you're going to scream into the mic like someone did yesterday, shrieking. Oh, my God, my ears are hurting. I have the article on my website, saltyvixenstories.com, the news section and uh, with the video um, because this is what the world's become today. Incredibly bonkers. And we all can agree. And you can't say anything anymore. If you have a difference of opinion, you get demonetized, you get uh, suspended or terminated, or you get doxxed. It's so bad. And it's on really the bigger platforms like Amazon KDP. I've talked about that, how I was uh, terminated over manipulation of services after seven years on there, and I didn't do anything. It had to do with someone taking out my book and scrolling through the pages real quickly to see how long it was, I'm guessing, and putting it back. And that triggered AI bot. This is happening to thousands of people a day on Amazon KDP. So my suggestion for you, if you're going to go to KDP, always save your manuscripts. And people are waking up and learning to publish elsewhere. Yes, the money isn't as good and you have to market yourself, but it works out in the end of the day. And I highly recommend if you are a self-publisher to publish your books in every platform as possible, including mine on saltyvixenstories.com. I do have an ebook store. I started with, it's mainly romance and erotica, but actually I'll take anything because I'm just a bookstore. I'm a digital brick and mortar, you know, Barnes and Noble, basically, that you can have your manuscripts at my site. And uh, I will, I, on my end, I market for you the best I can do on different platforms. As you, uh, if you publish on draft to digital it goes to uh, several other platforms as well. So you want to publish your book as many places as possible. And we all can grow together. And it was saltyvixenstories.com if you publish your book there. The great news is I don't take a huge commission, unlike the other bookstores out there. Like It's a smallest amount. So I believe authors should earn the most because it is your book. It is your uh, work. There's no print, uh, pages to print. And therefore, the tiny bit of commission I make is really keep my site running. It's just pennies. So I made that. I always believe it's for the author. Okay, now we get into the topic of conversation. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's been a crazy week. So there's this um, 
man named Matthew Lomier, I'm not saying his name correctly, uh, he was booted last year from his post for laminating the critical race theory in the military. Uh, basically, you know how it is. If you have a difference of opinion, you get fired for it. And that, and that's so ridiculous. Well, he has recently spoken out about this dry queen in the United States Navy is using as a recruitment ambassador. I have to wonder who it is that are senior military leaders. In fact, they're appealing to in the recruiting process by hiring a dry queen as their digital ambassador. Lomer told Fox News and he was referring to Yeoman Second Class Joshua Kelly, also known as Happy Daniels on TikTok. And I linked it on my site. Um, so below the, the podcast is a direct link to the text of this article. And I have linked uh, everything you need. So if you're curious about the TikTok page, it's linked. And so Joshua Kelly, who's known as Happy Daniels on TikTok, was named as digital ambassador for the Navy as part of a pilot program that started in November and ran through March. The decision to use the dry queen as an ambassador has drawn a strong reaction as people criticize the move. Harpy Daniels has a strong following on social media, including TikTok, with over 60,000 followers and 1.3 million likes. Kelly's also on Instagram with nearly 9,000 followers. I'm sure the number has changed. It's probably a lot higher now. In the videos, Kelly often starts out in uniform and then reappears as Harpy Daniels. The non-binary queen dances and often shares an inspirational message about being an LGBTQ plus sailor. Lomer told Fox News he was vexed by the Navy's decision and predicted that Kelly's position as a spokesperson would not help the recruitment. He said most service members believe in the Western nuclear family and are weary of letting children be exposed to the likes of drag queens. And you know what we're talking about? Uh, in last year, there was a whole bunch of dry queens um, recruited for teaching either sex education to young children or telling stories. And I had no problems with the story time. What I had problem is they were doing pro- provocative dance moves, and it was recorded. And they were dressed very slutty. And that's not okay when you're reading children's books to kids. If you're going to do a dry queen circus, if you're going to do a dry queen show, and there's going to be kids involved... Dress with a lot more clothes. Don't dress like Cardi B um, singing lullabies on stage to kids. Obviously, she never has, but you know what I mean, like on stage. Or is it Cardi B sings WAP song? Don't do that. But that's what they're doing. They're doing like they're doing the WAP song, not literally, but they're dressing like the WAP and on stage for kids. It's disgusting. And it's perhaps, honestly, in, in all fairness, the drag queens probably had no idea they were originally going to be. Uh, doing things in front of kids, like reading books in front of kids. They probably didn't know. They probably got a job, and when they got there, they're probably like, well, make the best of it. That's my guess. I don't think we ever heard that side of the story. However, this is just a message for the drag queens out there. If you're going to have a job, always have backup clothes. You all know that. Slay, right? I mean, whenever I went to charity events, I always brought four dresses with me, several jeans, several trousers, different shoes, and I've traveled to Europe all the time. And I still went shopping because I wasn't happy with that dress or, you know, whatnot. Because you always make sure you have backups just in case you're overdressed or underdressed. You want to slay at every event you go to. Come back to the story. The former lieutenant said that the situation was merely another example of the leftist agendas working their way into the armed service. 
We've known for the past couple of years during the Biden administration, this has been taking place more and more, he said. What's surprising is that senior military leaders continue to push an agenda like this despite the fact that it's hurting our recruiting officers and it's hurting our retention. He added there were likely senior members of the military who did not like the use of Kelly, but were unable to speak out, leaving it up to late members of the forces to voice their opinions. Some government officials have spoken out against Kelly's position, however. A group of 14 senators wrote a letter on Wednesday to Secretary of the Navy, Carlos del Toro, asking why the Navy enlisted a TikTok drag queen to beef up recruitment members. Senators Ted Cruz, Rick Scott, Marco Rubio, and others told Del Toro that we are concerned about both the promotion and of a banned app and behavior that many deem inappropriate in a professional workplace. In the letter, the Republicans first took issue with the Navy seemingly endorsing TikTok with the choice of Kelly as a digital ambassador. And they pointed to the No TikTok on Government Devices Act, which President Joe Biden signed into law in December and which bars the app from being downloaded onto U.S. government devices due to its Chinese owner. And I want to say this. This is a bit confusing. Because when Trump was president, TikTok was starting to become a thing. Didn't Trump want to ban the app? I remember that Tommy people went on social media going, oh my God, Trump is taking away our freedom of speech. How dare he? But that's what, what happened. Joe Biden ended up signing, yes, it's for the government, but Trump knew what was going on because you've got to remember the president knows more than what the media is told. The media is only told needed no basis until you're a whistleblower like in a Watergate. And by the way, Biden was a senator during President Nixon's era and especially during Watergate, which I'm going to allegedly say Biden dipped his toes in the Watergate scandal. It was, it was very Democratic run. And the, the media at the time was pro Nixon. Because nobody can understand how this guy was doing a lot for America. And whether you say it or not, you like to say it or not, you know, Nixon was a good president. Did he make mistakes? Absolutely. What president hasn't made mistakes? But he followed the Constitution. And I advise you, look on YouTube at one Nixon speeches, and he talks about the uh, three best presidents he can um, recall. And I think two of them he named were Democrat. So, and by the way, Nixon was what you called a Quaker for religion. And uh, he, was, he followed that. Uh, Quakers don't believe in fighting unless you have to. They have really beautiful religious values because his family resided in the same state my family did in the 1700s. In fact, there's a connection. How cool is that? So I want to uh, play a clip that um, of this man, of Matthew um, Lomer. Well, he was on Fox News last night, and I want you to hear what he had to say, the digital version. And it's quite interesting. And where does that leave us? Let's bring in former Space Force Lieutenant Colonel and Commander Matthew Lomar. He was forced to resign from the military for criticizing woke. What is going on with the Navy here? We have a statement from the Navy. They acknowledge this is a digital ambassador program, a pilot initiative to explore the digital environment to reach a wide range of potential candidates. Yeah, Jesse, thanks for having me on. First off, I think it's terribly unfortunate that every time uh, the United States military is showing up in the news, 
it's over things like this anymore these days. The American people see this and think this has become our military. And so first and foremost, I think it's important that I should say, and I fail to do this often enough, thank you to the good men and women who nobly serve our country in uniform every day of their lives because they show up believing in the greatness of the American ideal and because they're willing to lay their life on the line in defense of this country. And so I have to wonder who it is that our senior military leaders, in fact, think they're appealing to in the recruiting process by hiring a drag queen as their digital ambassador. I mean, they're certainly not incentivizing our men and women in uniform to stick around if they're decent people who believe in the Western nuclear family, as we've uh, often referred to it. I mean, they don't want their kids around this stuff. They don't want to show up after hours and participate in this stuff. It's just not true that it's helping our recruiting efforts. And so what's surprising is not that it's taking place, because in fact, we've known for the past couple of years during the Biden administration, this has been taking place more and more. What's surprising is that senior military leaders continue to push an agenda like this, despite the fact that it's hurting our recruiting efforts and it's hurting our retention. And frankly, it can't help our lethality and our readiness. And he's absolutely correct on this. This is a major security breach, a safety breach too, in our military. Um, could you imagine if they recruited all these dry queens and they are learning how to do military training in heels and makeup and wigs, and they go to, let's say, China or wherever, I'm just saying China because everyone talks about China lately, we'd be a laughing stock because there'd be no training, there's no fighting training. I mean, what are you going to do? Throw heels at the, the, your enemy? Uh, you know, throw lipstick as grenades? I mean, what, what are you going to do? It's, it's such a slap in the face. Are you going to slap them with, with your wigs? Come on. Although the wigs can be dangerous to some degree, and the heels can be. I mean, we know heels can be lethal. I mean, they hurt if you step on some Legos. Oh, we might as well take a bag of Legos with you. Those are lethal too. I'm just saying. It is, it's, it's very sad that we're coming to this. Now, the thing is in the Navy, um, I'm going to tell you this because I had family members who served in the Navy in World War II. And my grandfather had a yearbook. I would say yearbook or part being on the, uh, well, yeah, it was a yearbook. And there was photos in there. And he went to, on the way to Japan, they went through um, to Africa, South Africa, I believe it was. And there's a picture of my grandfather in hula skirt, like a grass skirt or some sort. And because um, they went that direction to, to Japan. And what was interesting was I, I made fun of grandfather. I'm like, I did not need to see you in that. And I said, I thought Navy's all training. He says, well, no, you have to have fun. People dressed up. So there's having fun while you're on the ship. And remember, it was mostly men on these ships, you know. So obviously you had to have some fun. And they would do dry queen stuff on the ships. That's one thing. Because you are acting. You're doing Shakespearean type of things in, in that time era to pass time. But... You're taking this to a whole new level to use TikTok to do a pilot program for recruiting. And therefore, now everyone in the world knows about it. I mean, did, did, did recruiter, didn't the, the Navy dude realize, the Toro know, that America is already a laughingstock? Do we need to make it more of a laughingstock? I mean, no, we are a laughingstock in the world. And it's very sad. I remember when Bush Jr. was president. And I was living in Europe at the time, and it was right on 9-11. Well, we all were, were laughingstock back then because of Bush Jr. It wasn't him, but he wouldn't, he was, the policies he was doing, because remember, Bush Jr., even though he was a Republican, his idealism, the things he did was very Democratic. 
Bill Clinton, when he was president, he's identified as a Democrat, but you look back on his policies, he was very Republican. In fact, he's a liberal conservative, and he would be a Republican in modern day. So what you identify for the party has nothing to do with your policies. It's what you're going to get the votes for, where you, like, where you're able to get the majority. And he knew where he lived in the state, in the city, and he knew that that's where he had to identify as. But because Clinton was a liberal conservative in the thinking, our economy was really good back then. Yes, yeah, so who cares about the Monica Lewinsky? That's, that became such a media sensation that because there was stuff going on behind closed doors, he was being investigated for Watergate, for example, and some other things. That's why that became almost a distraction, but to they want to get a reason to get rid of Clinton because he was following the Constitution. Who else did the same thing? President Trump followed the Constitution, great economy, great, you know, gas prices were low, and we were getting along in the world, not fighting. I mean, the only thing with Clinton, we had the, you know, apart from everything else, we had the, the Congo War. And he admitted to this day the mistake he had there. And I knew because my professor at my university was a former U.S. ambassador to Rwanda during the Clinton administration. So I got to learn things in a different way that wasn't the media way. And he even said what the media has, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't say the exact words, but the media, as you know how the media is, is bullshit. They never tell the full truth. And they don't. And it's it's very sad the world we have come to and the, the youth today want to see glitz and glamour and slay and be so woke that if you have a difference of opinion, you're transphobic, you're bigoted, you're et cetera. And that's not, the words are, first off, that's not correct grammar. Having difference of opinion is called being normal because if we all agreed with everything, we'd be a boring place, boring world. Where was it, wasn't there a couple of places in the world that if you had difference of opinion, you would be sent to, well, you'd be off with your heads. Oh, Henry VIII's era. And we could go World War II. I'm not going to say that the evildoer, but that era too. Oh, may rest in peace to all those people. But the Holocaust and, you know, what happened, the Holocaust, you had, you were Jewish. If you were a Jewish sympathizer, if you didn't, if you looked Jewish. Now, my family was uh, Jewish in, in Belgium, actually. And even though that side came to America, but my second great grandmother's family still resided in Ostend, Belgium. And when I did research my family, that whole family was killed off during the Holocaust. The entire line is gone in, in Europe. My line is the last surviving line of that family. And that's such an honor and such a sad thing at the same time. And I'm glad to know that to tell my children. For being Jewish. And not just Jewish, Flemish Jewish. A wealthy Flemish Jew. And it's so sad what we've come to. Just for being a human being. And I get emotional thinking about this, what happened not just to my family, but all the other families out there. Royals were also sent to the concentration camps. You know, and I know stories about that as well. It was very sad times. And burning of books would happen. We had banning of the books. We are banning books as it is. Some books should be banned, granted. But majority of books like Charlotte's Web should not be banned. And Fahrenheit 451 should not be banned. And, uh, but I don't know what's happening to this world. And I'm very sad. I'm sad for our future unless we get administration change is what we need. We cannot vote Democrat anymore. The liberals and Democrats are fucking up America. There I said I cost, but I think we're all in agreement of that. Whether you agree with that word or not, the F word, that's the reality of it is. The media is so disgusting. Now I know what Prince William and Harry's friends said to me a long time ago about the media. And I'll tell you the story before I end my podcast. Back in 2004, I lived in the UK. I was working in Europe. Uh, I was working in politics, actually. 
Parliament and the EU between 03 and 04. And I'd go to polo on the weekends and so became member, uh, non-playing member of several clubs. And I got to go to house parties. Well, I had my camera with me. I did, you know, one of those disposable cameras. And I forgot I had it with me. Well, then I saw this really good looking guy. I had him take a photo of me with this other polo player who I fancied a lot. He was, oh, if you met him, he'd be, he was a heartthrob. And I'd left my camera somewhere. Well, this guy, I seen him before. I couldn't place my finger because I don't look at the media. I don't pay attention to the rags, but I may have heard his name in, in the news at some point. And he handed the camera to me and he saw it was my camera and he says, we don't allow cameras at these kind of parties. I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I, and I, the truthful matter is I said, I totally forgot I had it with me because I'm going from, you know, the hotel to here and I'm from Polo to here. And that's right. Hotel to, hotel to Polo to here. I did not have time to go back to, to my hotel. And since I had, it, I just want a picture with me and this really hot polo player. And, um, and he says, well, I hope you understand. We talked about it. Well, I didn't realize why until I was doing some research for my next book, a fictional story. And I found out why, because a year or two prior to 2004, he was included in the media about Prince Harry for giving Harry pot marijuana, you know? And I thought, oh my gosh, that made sense. And the media ripped this friend apart. The thing is, the friend's been very loyal to him. He's still loyal. And he may have done pot. He may or may not have done pot in real life. I can't, I'm not going to prove it. I'm not going to say that, you know, whether it's true or not about that. But the reality of it is the media should not have been so intrusive on this, this fellow or any of uh, William and Harry's friends. Until the, I remember making a pact that day. That if I ever got into media, I would never focus on the royals, except for King Charles, because I love that man. Not love him, like literally, I, I, I like, I should say this way, I admire him. And I met him in person on several occasions, and it's always been positive. He's such a, a good person. And um, so, yeah, anyways, that's what I want to say on that, about how the media is. They just, they're, they go for the jugular because they know gossip's going to sell, even if it's partial facts. And uh, unfortunately, they had to lie low and they are stuck with the fact they are associated with William and Harry. And, uh, you know, even with Harry's book coming out and I, and I posted on TikTok and I said, you know, the media needs leave Harry and William's friends out of the spotlight. And someone had the audacity to say, well, the media's one brought their names up. I said, no, the media brought their names up because Harry brought their names up in the book. And that's not OK. And I still to this day will say this. Harry should not have published that book. He could have written the manuscript and he could have sent it to the people involved telling his feelings out. So someone would understand that, the, the people involved in that. It should not have been a public spectacle because look what Harry and Meghan have done. Caused so much stress, not just on Charles and the, you know, and William and et cetera, but also on Thomas Markle, Meghan's father, who she hasn't seen anymore. And because of her lies, even though Thomas paid for her to go to college, Thomas paid for her to do have a life she has, she's written him out of everything. And that's not right either. But we all can say she's a bit selfish. And we all, I mean, we all have family members like that. All right, my lovies, have a lovely day until the next podcast. And I'm super excited to talk about my, uh, when I got to meet uh, King Charles back in the day. And I'm super excited to tell you the story. And that will be on tomorrow's podcast. Have a lovely day. Goodbye.